Welcome back to another episode on What the Autism. This podcast is for anyone who is struggling with understanding what autism is and how we can better empower our autism community through research-proven methods. In each episode, I will be sharing with you groundbreaking research and how the diagnosis of autism can often be misunderstood. If you are a new listener to our podcast, I highly recommend you start from episode one to catch up to speed on various terminology and concepts. Today, we'll be talking about the causes of autism. Now let's get started. Today's topic was actually selected by our community on Instagram. Last week, we had a voting poll on the preferred topic of discussion and discussing the causes of autism won by a landslide. So today, we'll be talking about the various causes of autism and where exactly we are in the area of research. Unfortunately, we don't know exactly all the causes of ASD. However, with much research and much time, we have learned that there are likely many different causes for multiple types of ASD. As we talked about in episode two, there's quite a wide spectrum of children when we talk about ASD. There are children that are extremely gifted with numbers and academics, but have a really difficult time socializing with others. You also have children that have really high extreme levels of maladaptive behavior, such as aggression, property destruction, self-injurious behaviors, and have minimal or zero level of vocal communication. Um, But because there are so many different severity levels within the autism spectrum, it's difficult to say that one factor impacts the severity of the diagnosis. Um, So the autism spectrum disorder affects children of all races and nationalities, but certain factors increase a child's risk. And we'll go ahead and talk about these different factors. The first factor that we'll review is genetics. Most scientists agree that genes are one of the risk factors that can make a person more likely to develop ASD. A second factor would be the biological sex. So boys are four times more likely to develop autism spectrum disorder than girls are. Family history. Families who have one child with ASD have an increased risk of having another child with the disorder. It's, not also, it's also not uncommon for parents or relatives of a child with ASD to have minor problems with social or communication skills themselves or to engage in certain behaviors typical of the autism disorder. Another variable that we have to take a look at is when children have other disorders. So children with certain medical conditions have a higher than normal risk of AST or autism-like symptoms. Some examples can include fragile X syndrome or the Rett syndrome. These are just some um, other medical conditions that might increase the risk factor of a child being diagnosed with autism. Another example would be um, extremely preterm babies. So babies born before 26 weeks of gestation may have a greater risk of autism spectrum disorder. And lastly, the parent's age. There may be a connection between children born to older parents and autism spectrum disorder, but more research is is more necessary to establish this linkage, but that is a potential um, speculation that we are seeing within the area of research. Let me remind you that these are just some potential factors that might increase the risk that a child might have autism. These are just speculations that are being researched and studied, so autism re- the autism research community will definitely be needing more time and data. The autism spectrum disorder continues to be an important public health concern. Like the many families that have been impacted by autism, the CDC wants to find out exactly what causes the disorder. Understanding these different factors that make a person more likely to develop ASD will better help identify more information about the causes. One of the largest U.S. studies to date is SEED, S-E-E-D, Study to Explore Early Development. 
Seed is currently looking at many possible risk factors for ASD, which includes genetic, environmental, pregnancy, and behavioral factors. The SEED study is a multi-site investigation addressing autism phenotype and the causes of ASD. The study aims to do two things. One, characterize the autism behavioral phenotype and associated developmental, medical, and behavioral conditions. And two, investigate genetic and environmental risks with emphasis on the characteristics of immunology, hormones, gastrointestines, and sociodemographics. Participants of the SEED study are composed of children aged 2 to 5 years with ASD and children in two control groups, one from the general population and one with non-ASD developmental problems. The data from parent-completed questionnaires, interviews, clinical evaluations, medical record, and biospecimen sampling um, focus on the prenatal and early postnatal periods. SEED is a valuable resource for testing different hypotheses regarding ASD characteristics and causes. I'll link you guys to this research study and some helpful PDF documents on our Facebook page at What the Autism. Although there's much more research that needs to be conducted, it's important that as a community of autism advocates, treatment providers, educators, and parents, we find ways to contribute to the future of autism research. And one easy way is to stay informed on the current research that is happening. Even though there is this long list of possible factors and variables that might contribute to a child being diagnosed with autism, it's a very extensive list of possibilities that research needs more time to continue digging through in order to find more answers. There aren't any research studies that solely identifies that this variable causes autism, as many of these possible factors are just possible risk factors for the diagnosis. But as a treatment provider, an educator, an advocate, or a parent, please don't be discouraged. I want to empower our community with hope for the future and the answers that research will continue to provide for us. There are tons of top-tier universities such as Harvard, Johns Hopkins, Stanford, UCLA, and many more that are dedicating research from their medical schools and public health departments to better understand the causes of autism, which would in turn help us better identify ways to prevent the future generations of children from having to experience the obstacles that come with the autism diagnosis. Individuals with the autism diagnosis experience many problems with their social interactions and communication and behavior, which can oftentimes lead to problems in school and um, difficulties in successful learning, employment problems in the future when they become adults, inability to live independently, social isolation, stress within the family, victimization, and being bullied. And that list can go on and on. So it's extremely important that we continue to show our support to our researchers and fulfill our due diligence in staying up to date on the current research and make informed decisions when it comes to our children. If you're interested in hearing more about the current and future research studies that are being conducted to better identify the different causes of autism, I recommend you follow our podcast and connect with us on our Facebook and Instagram page at What the Autism. This wraps up another episode here at What the Autism. We barely scratched the surface of discussing the ideologies of autism, but today's podcast highlighted some of the main points that are confirmed within the research community. 
but stay tuned as we continue to dive further into specific research studies in the future episodes. We upload a new episode on your favorite podcast platform every Wednesday. If you have any questions on today's episode or you have any recommendations for future topics and discussion, please feel free to email us at whattheautismpodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at whattheautism for any helpful resources and updates in regards to our discussion topics. Please note that this podcast has been created to discuss my personal experiences and opinions, and it's not a means of medical or psychological recommendations. By listening to this podcast, you agree not to use this podcast as medical or psychological advice to treat any diagnoses and or conditions in either yourself or others, including but not limited to patients that you are treating. Please consult your own physician or psychologist for any symptoms and recommendations. But if you enjoyed this podcast, please make sure you follow and subscribe to our podcast channel, and I'll see you in episode five.